Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. From Jordan Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, welcome to the Roundtable Podcast. I'm Brandon Marcello, joined but today by Philip Marshall and Jason Caldwell before the big game, number nine, Auburn at number two, LSU. I think, are we the only media outlet talking about this game this weekend, guys? <laughs> it seems like it, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we were saying, I've, ne- I've never seen anything quite like it, really. Not not with a, with a top ten matchup like this, where the whole... Uh, I mean, so much focus is on the Alabama LSU game, which is still more than two weeks away, and uh, and I think yeah, I think Tua's injury probably added to that. Uh, but uh, but I mean, this I, this is an awfully big game, and I, you know, if I if I was Ed Orgeron, my concern would be, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure it has been, making sure my players stay focused on this deal and not be thinking about what might be two two weeks from now. Yeah, I I know that certainly should be a concern for them. Uh, I've talked to some uh, friends and media friends down there at LSU, and they said that the players are are locked in, um, that they've done a pretty good job of keeping them away from that, and that Auburn's definitely got their attention um, because of just how close these last two years have been with with Auburn. Um, I think that sticks in their minds more than anything than any of this outside noise, and you know, obviously that Alabama game is not going to be very big if LSU loses. No, no, so. not not nearly as big. It'll still be big, but, right? But uh, no, I, oh, I don't have any doubt that LSU will be ready to play. I yeah. mean, the history of this series, uh, you know, I, I wrote about on 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 Thursday morning. They uh, they have knocked each other out of championships a lot of times. Uh, so and, and and have have a lot of times done the opposite wins of this game have propelled them to championships. So it's, it's, it's been a big game since, since, uh, particularly since the, uh, since 1992 when they started playing every year. So, yeah, it, it has, it's turned it, it, it became a game, you know, like this wasn't a, this wasn't a game that was played a whole lot. This wasn't no. a game that went well, then, Right. And, and then it's become a game. And, you know, for a long time it was, third or fourth game of the season it became a game where early on you knew hey am i in it or out of it and and you know now it's bounced around a little bit you know this season it it, it later has has put even more of an emphasis on it especially right. from auburn's point of view with that loss at florida so right. it's uh it's a this is a really a really interesting game that you know it's it's weird we talked about it it takes longer and longer into seasons now to figure out what teams are made out of 
I, I mean, this LSU team, obviously, they offensively are a juggernaut, but, man, I, I'm still not sure exactly what I'm going to see Saturday, and that's kind of wild. Well, I think that it's a, you know, it's 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 a very compelling matchup. It's a great, it's a great offense against a great defense, and uh, and you just talk, I don't know how many times I've heard Auburn's defense even mentioned this week in the national talkosphere, but uh, uh, but you know LSU and Auburn didn't play at all for twenty seven years. They didn't play from nineteen forty two to nineteen sixty nine, and. Uh, of course, in those days, SEC teams made their own schedules. You just had to have six games. didn't matter who you played. And Auburn and LSU just never played. I mean, I don't think there was any conflict between the two schools. They just never played. And Alabama and LSU, until the mid to late 60s, Alabama and LSU hardly ever played. And But when, when Auburn and LSU started playing, when they went to the divisions, LSU kind of took took the place where Tennessee was, really, in my opinion, yep. uh, uh, before they went to divisions for Auburn. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense from a guy. I, I'm from the outside looking in. I haven't been around, but um, you you talked about how with this being a great offense against a great defense, you don't know what to expect. I you even heard that from Marlon Davidson this week. Um, he said it. They've got a great offense. We got a great defense. We'll see what happens. You never know what what will come out on top with that. I, I think he's right. Um, this will be the best defense LSU's faced. This will definitely. This will be the definitely be the best offense yep. Auburn's faced. Um, and it's on the road. You just don't know quite what to expect. Um, it, it's, uh, I guess that's what's kind of exciting about this game. That's really not getting uh, maybe a lot of attention. I, I don't know. I don't, I just don't watch or listen to radio or anything. Um, but it, it, it seemed it, like you guys are saying from the sounds of it, man, this would be a great thing to discuss all week about. Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, and Auburn's defense going up against LSU's offense with Kevin Steele, a former LSU defensive coordinator, going going down there and has turned this Auburn defense around the last four years. And, and uh, has hasn't won there in twenty years. I mean, there's a lot of storylines for this. A lot game. of story, yeah, tons of storylines there. Uh, you know, and Ed Orgeron turning that program around, and I mean, the, it's it's, the it's, only- it's incredible. It is, and the only only storyline of the week has been is Joe Burrow the Heisman favorite, and and yeah. setting up for a potential Heisman showdown if Tua plays in three weeks. It, it, and hey, if he comes out and throws for three hundred eighty-seven yards against Auburn and has four or five touchdowns, then you can put a stamp of approval on it by my book because absolutely, uh, yeah. But you're right. I mean this this Auburn defense, um, uh, you know, like I said. They played with a with a purpose all season long. I would expect those guys to come out with their hair on fire Saturday. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. You know, and what most of the talk I hear about this stuff is on when I'm driving around listening to satellite radio, and uh, uh, and sometimes some of what I see on TV. But but uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, it. it, it it's interesting what happens over the course of a season. Right now, LSU has been has been labeled as as unbeatable by anybody but Alabama out there in the great talkosphere, as I call it. Uh, they just think nobody Alabama might be able to beat them. Nobody else can. So just get get on with it and get to that game. And uh, uh, I'm not sure that's true. And I'm like you, Jason. We'll see what Saturday if they if they go out and. 
throw four or five touchdown passes and put 40 points on Auburn's defense, then I'll, I will absolutely say, say that they are all that. But I don't know about their defense. Right. I, I don't know about their running game. And I will say this: I don't think they can just drop back and throw it every down and beat Auburn with with and and beat Auburn. I don't believe they can do that. I no, wrong. no one's been able to do that this season. That's the thing. Right. Um, you know, a lot of teams have tried doing that, and they've gone one dimensional. Auburn, you know, I was looking at some stats. You know, stats are stats. You know that you can make them tell any type of story you want, but Auburn's rush defense against Power Five teams is well below three yards per carry, which is incredible right. to me. It's actually higher against non-Power 5 right. teams because but, of you know blowouts and everything. But right. um, Auburn's rush defense has just been incredible, and it's made everybody one-dimensional that they, that they have faced. And and you do that. I, I don't care if you – you could throw for 350 yards. If you can't run the ball, you're, you're probably not going to win. Right. Um, so – uh, that's that's what really intrigues me about this game. Auburn, I mean, LSU throws the ball very well. We know that. They are incredible at throwing the ball, but they can't really run it all that successfully, and that's Auburn's strength. And if they if LSU becomes even worse as a rushing team and they're having to force things in the passing game, does that change the dynamic of the LSU offense as far as, you know, the completion percentage, whether Joe Burrow feels like he's got more pressure on him, you know, um, it, it's it's intriguing to me uh, what's going to happen. And plus, there's just this this whole uh, storyline to me. We've seen Marlon Davis and Derek Brown just like take it to another level this year, which they were already on an elite level. Now they're just, I mean, they're they're NFL guys out there, and now they're on a big big stage. Oh boy. Yeah, uh, you don't think they're going to be charged up? It's going to be this is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the trenches. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, and LSU in their game against Florida, who who was really beat up on defense, uh, they had two long touchdown runs and another long run to set up a touchdown, and they probably don't win without those. As, as Burrow Hart was twenty one or twenty four, but they probably don't win if they don't. Uh, if they don't have some success on the ground, and I, I, I would think uh, that one of the very first missions of the Auburn defense going into that game is going to be, you're going to have to throw it. We're not going to let you do anything else. Correct. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, Kevin Seal is from, he's from that old school, and and, and that means you make somebody one dimensional, and make somebody one dimensional in the passing game. Even this LSU team is much better than letting somebody be one-dimensional and start running the ball. Oh, up no field. question. No question. Especially going into this one. I mean, you're looking, and there's rain chances for Friday, maybe into Saturday. Um, field could get a little sloppy. The footballs could get a little bit. That could make I – mean, hey, we've seen strange things happen before in, in this game. Um, you know, Auburn's about due for a strange thing to happen on the other side, and it'd be Joe Burrow about <laughs> five perceptions. That's be about Auburn's due for one of those kind of games. We'll see if something like that happens, but – this is the type of defense. Hey, we've seen them, you know, against Florida, create more turnovers. Last week created more turnovers. They're starting to kind of get that bug. And when defenses kind of start to get on rolls like that, normally they kind of kind of feed off of that. We'll yeah. see if this Auburn defense can. On the flip side, Auburn's offense just cannot turn the ball over. Correct. Right. Uh, if they if if they were to have a game where they turned it over three or four times, 
I'm afraid they'd be in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, the, the defense gotta, wouldn't be able to stand up to that, I don't yeah. think. We talked about this this LSU defense. You look on the other side of the equation, and they haven't played anybody that runs the football. And they haven't played anybody that has been able to run the football because they couldn't slow down LSU's offense enough. Can Auburn's defense slow down LSU's offense enough to allow the running game to take hold? I still think that's a place that this game could hinge on. You know, And we, we talked about it. Auburn's defense, can they do what they've been doing? If they do, then this Auburn offense is going to have an opportunity, I think, to be able to run the football and to shorten this game a little bit. And that would be the perfect recipe for Auburn. Yeah, I, I think Auburn's got, they've got to keep the game in sight. Uh, I mean, if they were to come out and, and LSU score on their first two or three possessions, then you got you got all kind of trouble. Uh, yeah. As long as Auburn can keep it in sight, keep it, stay in contact, so to speak, I think they'll have a good chance. Uh, um, and I, I'll be surprised. I, I think Auburn's defense will make it hard on LSU. I, they, they've convinced me. And, uh, uh, I could be wrong. Maybe LSU is just so good that nobody can, but we'll see. Um, the, the th- I, I wonder, we've we, been there a lot of discussion about Bo Nix handling the road environment um, and what we saw at the Swamp, obviously, and, and throwing the three interceptions. I think the one that mo- probably sticks out most to us is the one in the end zone when Auburn had a chance to score twice and he misfired and then threw the interception and Auburn could have taken the lead and instead Florida got the ball back and end up winning. How do we think Bo's gonna, you know, react on the road in, in Death Valley in the after in another afternoon game in a, a raucous atmosphere? Um for me for me, I just think there's there's no way of predicting that uh, until you actually see it out there. But what do you guys think? Uh, Go ahead, just, Jason. Just from me knowing about Nix, he, even at Florida, I thought he made plays, but he made wrong plays. And I, and I heard you know people again talking about they thought he got rattled. I, I thought it was more of a case of a young guy just making mistakes. I don't think he's going to flinch. I, I don't think he has, and I don't think he. The, now again, I think he he'll make some mistakes. I think that's what freshmen do, but that's where it comes down to running the football. And to me, I think. It's been a huge key. We see how much more it will bring to the offense, but putting Seth Williams and and Anthony Schwartz on the field together, giving you two legit options that they can't double. We saw it Florida. Florida said, look, Anthony Schwartz, you're on the field, and Seth Williams is not on the field, or we're going to put two guys on you, and we're not going to let you beat it. Now you've given him more options, get Shedrick Jackson back. I think there's more opportunities, but I think it's all about – how this game goes and being able to run the football. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I don't think, I think the, I think it was a multi, uh, faceted, uh, issue at Florida starting with, with just the whole way they approached the game and wanted to call so much of it at the line of scrimmage and all that stuff in, in that environment. And, uh, I think, I think Bo played his worst game. That's obvious. And, uh, but I, but I don't think it's cause he was I don't I don't think it's cause he was rattled. I think like Jason said, I think he made mistakes. And I think there and I think he was there it was problematic because he couldn't communicate. Uh but I don't I will put it this way, I don't think he was rattled any more than the rest of them were. And uh, uh I think that uh you know, having been to both places a lot, 
and I know this is going to sound blasphemous, Florida at its loudest to me is louder than Tiger Stadium. I I have never seen I've never thought yeah. Tiger Stadium was the intimidating atmosphere it's it's reputed to be, and and that's a place this team uh, most of the players on this team have been there at least once. Yeah, and it, well, it's one it's one of those situations where, hey, they've gone through and played at Florida. Even if it's the equivalent, it's it doesn't yeah, it's, it doesn't it, get they, any louder. It's right. not going to be any louder, and it can be just as loud. And now you've gone through knowing, okay, how do we experience that? What do we need to do to fix it? Yeah, once it gets to a point, that's that's all it is. And in Florida, because they're right there, it's probably worse on the sidelines at Florida than anywhere because the fans are about six feet from the bench. Yeah, uh, and so they're right there on you. Yeah, I think how how they adjust. To, to noise and you're right, Phil. They can't get caught trying to sub and and fix plays and get a new play in with eight seconds left on the play clock. That's no, they can't. that's a recipe for disaster. Yep. Um LSU's defense has been on and off this season. Um they did well at Mississippi State for them for the most part. There was a game against Utah State earlier this season. Obviously, Florida was able to score four touchdowns. I still think Florida's offense is relatively pedestrian, but they do seem to be improving week by week um, with with Trask. Uh, can can Auburn's offense score four or five touchdowns in Baton Rouge? That's the question of the the question of the hour. Uh, uh, I think they have to be able to run it. Uh, Similar to what we were saying about LSU, obviously Bo Nix is not Joe Burrow at this point in his career, but but I think Auburn certainly can't just drop back and throw the ball. I think they have to be able to run the ball. They have to be able to mix it up, and uh, and they have to hit some explosive plays. And uh, people ha- and it's not like that hasn't happened against LSU this year. It has. So so, uh, but at the same time, LSU's had some really good games on defense too. Uh, I, they don't look to me, and Lord knows I'm no analyst, but they don't look as imposing on defense to me as they have most years, particularly up front, particularly on the defensive line. Yeah, secondary really talented. Yeah, um, you know, but they've given up some passing yards at times too. Texas threw for 409, um, Florida threw for 311. Heck, Mississippi State threw for 238 with yeah. a guy that we saw wasn't a very good passer. Right. They yeah. Ran it a little bit. Um, yeah, I think Auburn's capable, but Randy, you wrote about it this week. We've talked about it. They cannot have a quarter where it's just an empty quarter offensively. You, you can't have those, and it's been the second quarter for a, a lot of this season. We've talked about it, the adjustments. They got He's got to make adjustments quicker. Gus Malzahn does. There's no, you can't get to um, the end of the first quarter and look up and, hey, we two years ago, I mean, it's, that's exactly what we saw two years ago. Auburn ran through them like a hot knife through butter for much of the first quarter and a half. LSU made some adjustments, and that was pretty much it. Got to be able to adjust quicker. Um, and, again, got to be able to run the football. Those are the two things to me. You know, yeah. amazingly, because I asked, I asked people after that game, what did LSU do? And they said they didn't do anything other than put another person in the box. Which is something you should expect. Yes. And oh, uh, that, man, there was there was nine guys in the box at times. I mean, it was yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. 
and I, I don't I believe in the days of RPOs, I don't believe the I don't believe they would let them get away with with doing what they did that year. I don't think. I think they would start throwing the ball. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, but I think they thought they thought they had that game won. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's absolutely it. Yes. Can't can't rest on your laurels in uh nope. in Death Valley. You just can't. Uh you know, Auburn um, going more with the RPOs this season than they have in the past. I know that's always been the talk over the recent years, especially under Chip Lindsey, but uh, Auburn's running RPOs about one out of every three plays, if not more. Um, and that's really started with the Mississippi State game. Um, and it's, 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 we're definitely in Bo Nix's wheelhouse. That's, that's what he's good at. We saw it at Arkansas. They did that a little bit more. Um, I suspect we'll obviously see that at LSU. The the, the, qu- the question for me, and I, I'm sure that, that this has been addressed, is they just can't check from the sideline at a different plays too often, like they did at no. Florida, because then no. that will just mess everything up. They got to yeah. trust their playmakers. They got to got to keep the players on the field. Don't change up personnel quite a bit unless you're like in a third and short situation. Um, get that offense moving and let it keep moving. Um, and, and trust in your quarterbacks and your other players on the field to make plays rather than trying to outsmart a defense from the press box and checking from the sideline in a crazy, crazy environment. Because one, slows things down. Uh, two, the, the, the communication issues pop up once again. So, Yeah, you mentioned something, too, that for me that I, I think is a must. I think this is an offense that in short yardage, in red zone – I think these third and shorts, they've got to show that they're willing to throw the football um, to make people back off the line of scrimmage. Right now, they're just streaming people in. Arkansas did yeah. it last week. LSU will do the same until you make them pay. you gotta, you got to be able to be uh, – At least do something to, besides just run, run uh, straight. Yeah, it, and, it, and, and, and they're coming from everywhere. I think you got to show them that, hey, on third and short, we'll, throw the, we'll dump the ball to J.J. Wilson or we'll throw it to, to somebody. I think you got to show them that, and I think – Red zone opportunities, and and get. I think they and it, it really all over the field. I know it's it's a chancy thing because it puts you in potential second and third long, but I think you got to throw the football some on first down. That's where Bo Nix has been at his best, and that's where the big plays have come. And I think that's where they got to take some shots. You, know, you brought up a great stat, uh, Jason, that uh that, that stat tiger came up with on first downs uh, this season. That was really intriguing. Yeah, um, I to, I'll find it again, but it was it was really – I mean, when you look at it, there's no question that this a passing offense has been at its best um, on first down. Uh, passer rating of 174.1 on first down. That's fourth best among Auburn offenses since 1992. Only That's one's a, better. Only yeah. one's better 2004, 2017, 2010. All three of those teams won the West. It's an incredible stat um, and, and one that – Easily can be overlooked because everybody just assumes, oh, Auburn's not doing well throwing the ball uh, for some reason. But they've been doing a pretty good job on first down this season, and um, that's something to really build on. And something you can utilize against LSU and future opponents to you know, go away from your tendencies and catch people off guard, especially with these RPOs. Um, that'll be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to see how – you know, these RPOs are uh, – <laughs> that's another thing for the defense to catch up with. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes. But, uh, yeah. but, you know, Jason, you were talking about 
checking and all those things at the line of scrimmage, it's, it's fascinating to me to watch what's happening and talking to coaches about what's happening these days because when the offense checks, the defense usually checks too. Correct. So, so it, it's, a, it's a real chess match, and, and it's not going to help you say, okay, here's what they're doing on defense, so we're checking to this because they're going to check out of what you said. Absolutely. All, uh, unless you're Mississippi State because they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time against an LSU, against an Alabama, um, against Auburn, because Auburn's doing it. It's one of the big things on defense that's really helped them. Yeah, as soon as you you decide, hey, we're going to do something different, well, okay, we're going to do something different on defense. If you go fast, don't sub, you get to the line of scrimmage. Make it a lot harder to do that. Absolutely. The defense has to play base defense. They can't do a whole lot of things because they don't have time. Um, and you mentioned the RPO. <laughs> that is what Bo Nix has done his whole life. This is a game, if I'm, if I'm Auburn, I let him go play and see what happens because uh, I don't think – that you can play like they did at Florida and and have a chance to win this game. I think you got to do something different. One person close to the team told me that they need to sling it against LSU. Well, I think I think part of that is is not necessarily throw it fifty times, but I think turn it loose and go fast and run the RPOs. Let Bo let Bo run the offense. Give the ball to he he. That's what he did in high school. That's what he's always done. And this is not a high school. I understand, but I think. It allows him to play without having to worry about a lot of stuff, and you know, what, he's a guy that's got some good instincts. What was interesting about last year's game to me, and and puzzling, Auburn was behind ten to nothing, and they came out and they started running some RPOs and they started playing fast, playing fast and throwing the ball, and they run straight to three straight touchdowns. I mean, that, they didn't get slowed down, and they're ahead twenty-one to ten, and then they never did it anymore. Yeah, it seemed like yeah. they were on their way to a blowout the way they yeah. were moving the ball and the defense yeah. was stopping them. And then it just, it was like they hit a brick wall. Yeah, it was weird. And they, if they get in a situation like that where they got momentum and having success, they need to, they need to keep their foot on the gas. You would Which, think as much as that 2017 game, I mean, we're talking about 18 here, but the 2017 game sticks with Gus Malzon and what happened there. You know, talking to him, he's like, I, I don't know. He was talking we're talking about all the run plays of first down. He's like, you know, well, you know, it could have worked and everything. I, I don't know if he was making excuses, but he didn't seem to be as bothered by what they did in the fourth quarter. I would just think that he would go into this game if they're in a similar situation. Just don't do what you did in 2017. You can't do that. Even if LSU's defense is obviously not as good as it was two years ago. That offense it, is a whole lot better. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing. You, <laughs> you can't, gotta score points. No matter how good your defense is, and Auburn's defense is great, but you just can't. You, it's going to be hard to have a big enough lead where you can say, "Okay, all we need to do is run the clock." Correct. This that's is gonna, not. This is that's going to be hard good. to have a lead that big because they can, they yes. can explode in a hurry, and uh, and they just need one play. And that's right. it. Here's the other thing too, no matter what the score is, they're going to keep throwing it. I'm looking at their. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. they're rushing totals. You look, and, and, I mean, they don't run the ball very much other than, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The other running backs have about 75 carries between them this season. So, they when they run it, they run it with him, but they don't run it a whole lot. And and, and, the and when they run it, it – I'm yes. sorry. I was just going to say, say when the they – quarterbacks when, haven't done much either. Yeah, when they run it, it's predictable in predictable situations too. But just based off the two games of two two and a half games I've watched. So yeah, I mean, 
this is one one where yeah, I think you're going to have to play loose and free, give Bo Nix more reins than you're giving him, and let him get to the line of scrimmage, do his thing, and avoid that paralysis by analysis that happened in Gainesville. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. We talk a lot about fast starts. Gus Malzahn talks a lot about it. Um, I, I think a fast start at LSU, I mean, obviously you just want to go out there and score a touchdown if you're Auburn. But I think a fast start at, at LSU, more than anything, it doesn't necessarily have to end in a touchdown for Auburn's offense. they just got to keep LSU's offense off the field and then give some, get some rhythm in the offense and give Bo Nix a little bit of confidence and the other players some confidence. Heck, those running backs some confidence – Unlike what happened at Florida where they're going three and out, three and out, and then Florida scores on their first or second offensive play, and then all of a sudden the crowd is just – I mean, that that touchdown by Florida early, I mean, that's what made it, that atmosphere, what it was. I mean, it, they were amped up the entire game. You do that at LSU, again, it's going to be the same exact thing as far as the atmosphere. All, that first drive Auburn has, they have got to find a way to pick up a couple first downs at the very least. I think it's important on both sides, Buck. I think the most important thing is for Auburn to come out there and 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 make a point to LSU. Hey, we're here and we're not going away, and we're going to look you right in the eye, and we believe we can win. And uh, if they go out there and look shaky at the start, I'm afraid it'll be like sharks feeding on on. Uh, Whatever yes. sharks feed on. Yeah, and w- well, we have seen that before down there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there, there's no. That's the one place of. That's the one place in this league, where momentum builds like no other. Um, when when they start to feel it, and everybody starts to feel it, then well, you look up and all of a sudden, the game's over with. We saw it two years ago. We've seen it so many times down there. You're right. It, it, it was big. I thought you're right. In Gainesville, they never were out of the out of the whole day because of that early big play, and that's I think you're right. Auburn has to, to at least move the football, kind of slow the game down a little bit. They don't let it become this fast paced track meet. Right, right. I know. I know. We all cover Auburn, Philip. I mean, you haven't always covered Auburn, but when was the last time you have you guys ever been to Baton Rouge to, and saw an opponent beat LSU at LSU? Uh, oh yeah, I've seen Auburn be. I've seen Auburn. I saw Auburn win in uh, 1997. I saw them win, and I've, I've been. I've been to a few Alabama games. That, you know, for a long time, Alabama always won in Baton Rouge, and right. LSU always won in Birmingham slash Tuscaloosa. Yeah, uh, it was a lot like Auburn and Georgia was for a long time. Oh yeah. But actually, I saw I saw Auburn win in in '73. I mean, set '97. Let me see. Oh, I saw the I saw the forty one to seven game in ninety nine. Ninety nine sure. and uh, uh, ninety three. I was there. I, I wasn't there in ninety three, uh, so I didn't see that one. Uh, I was there and uh, I I saw them lose thirty five to seven and seventy two when it was their only loss of the season. 
Mm. And uh, saw him lose. Uh, I was I saw him lose in '88, which was uh, that's a really memorable, memorable, memorable game. But I guess I've seen him win in uh, Auburn win in '97 and '99. And uh, is that it? I guess it is it. Yeah, I, I've covered about it, but I guess that's it. Yeah, I've covered three teams and. Uh, the closest I've seen was obviously 17, and then also, I can't remember what year it was, eight, 2008, 2009, Arkansas went down there and it went to overtime, and uh, LSU won on a field goal in a really entertaining game. Was that, uh, was that a, that, okay, yeah, I, you've had to, there was a couple, they've had some crazy games. Yeah. Um, on those Fridays, that when they were played on those Fridays, they remember some memorable ones for sure. Yeah. That, that um, 97 game, it looked like Cecil the Diesel College was, was going to run for about 800 yards in that game. Yeah, Rusty, uh, Rusty Williams touchdown. Yep, but Damian Craig had a had a gigantic game, and uh, the Auburn had an 80-yard touchdown drive, and right at the end of the game, near the end of the game, to win it, it was a, it was a great game. That 99 game, that was, you know, nobody thought Auburn was any good, including me, and they weren't. <laughs> And, and they were good at and, times, and, yep. they, were, and, and they were really good against LSU and Georgia. And, and LSU had uh, had just blown out two teams to start the season, and I don't know what the line was, but you're talking about a, a horse whipping. My goodness, they just Auburn just. I knew it was over when uh, Ronnie uh, Ronnie Daniels Ronnie Daniels called a pass, and he's running down the field and. It gets knocked out from behind about the 20-yard line, and he just chases it all the way to the goal line and picks it up and scores. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, and all those people that claim to have seen Auburn smoking cigars on the field yeah. are lying. Yeah, there was you know, <laughs> there was nobody there at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> there were about 3,000 people there uh, middle of the third quarter. So it was like an Arkansas home game. Oh, <laughs> uh, so LSU serving alcohol now inside the stadium. Oh, mercy. Uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. You're going to be on the sidelines. Oh, goodness. And as we all know, you know, if you guys aren't uh, aware, I, I guess, Jason, just tell us what it's like to be a photographer on the sidelines and all the uh, rules you've got to follow. Yeah, well, LSU is the is the the most difficult because you have to kneel because in Tiger Stadium the stands go all the way to the field, so there are people sitting field level and and this is not field level six feet above the field, it's all the way down to the ground, and so we're you're you're, you're kneeling um, the entire football game and it's it's it it's one of those things that I've gotten to where I just deal with it now, but it really. It really irks me when LSU's entire band comes on the field um, before halftime and they're standing everywhere, but we still have to kneel. I'm like, hey, look, they can't see over those 350 tubas right there. My one standing up's not going to make a difference, but no, you still have to kneel. So um, that's the that's the biggest thing is that um, dealing with that. And hey, in 1999, um, they'll that atmosphere 2001 all those 2001 was still the single um probably worst atmosphere that i'll that i've covered and if there's one worse than that i don't look forward to it so uh it's been pretty it's been pretty good since then it's 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 a fun crowd 
they enjoy it. We'll see how Saturday goes, like I said, with with alcohol being served. But <laughs> it's not like you can get much more in there than there was yeah. already in there to begin with. I know. Uh, just, you know, maybe we should hire Damon Duvall as a bodyguard against the Tupa players. <laughs> you know, I, I've had a, I, I personally have had very few bad experiences in Baton Rouge. Sco- Scooter Hobbs, who is the sports editor of the Lake yeah. Charles Papers, is one of my, has been one of my closest friends for for years and years, and I, I usually hung out with him a lot when when I go down there, and uh, or hang out with him a lot when I go down there, and he knows everybody plus, and uh, it's uh, people that really, you know, I think it's like it's like most places in that most people are nice people, but but those who who aren't or who choose not to act that way give all the rest of them a bad name. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I agree with that. I've, you know, I'm obviously not on the sidelines that the only, like I say, the only worst, ex- the bad experience I've had at LSU was, uh, I think it was that Arkansas LSU overtime game. We went down there, you know, of course, near the end of the fourth quarter and it went to overtime. So we had to wait and we were told to, you know, kneel down on the sideline. Yes. And it, 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 it rained, I think maybe early that day or at least well, a day or two before. It's always wet. It doesn't yeah. matter. And I was wearing, you know, dress khakis and I totally ruined them because I had to get down on my knees and, you know, that's the only bad thing I could say. But the, I mean, you're exactly right about that. I mean, the crowd's right there on the field and boy, do they say a lot of things. Um, they're yelling at the media as we were walking down, calling us tiger bait and all that stuff. And I'm all like, <laughs> what, what's happening? Um, when I was a young reporter, like, what is this? Uh, but, uh, it's, a it's an interesting atmosphere. I, I was telling, uh, you know, some of the, some uh, Auburn folks, you know, close to the team, like, uh, you know, get ready. They they might rock your bus. They they might do something. They're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They yeah. they might walk on your bus and flick a cigar in your face. Um, I I don't know if it's that heated anymore, but yeah, it, it has it hasn't been nearly after about. <laughs> Probably 2005, a couple of the trips back. Since then, it hasn't been nearly as bad. It's It's been um, kind of a, obviously it's loud, and, and their student section is probably as, as good and intimidating as any yeah. in, in this league. Um, but it hasn't been, it hasn't been nasty, you know, like it was in the 2001 trip. Oh, that was, that was, uh, that was, it, it was so bad, it was a dangerous situation in 2001. And, and it, and the whole thing is, it was really a, it was really a whole it was a made up thing. Uh, Auburn, Tuberville always designated one game as a cigar game, and that was it. And uh, probably a dozen Auburn players or, or something, well long after the game, mm-hmm. came came out on the field to take pictures with their cigars, and that was really it. Uh, uh, there was no massive disrespect. To LSU or no, really, it was the. If anything, it was a. It was the opposite. I mean, it was okay. This is our cigar game. This is because that's this is a big game. It would be a good opponent. And uh, uh, to to the to be to make it, it and it just grew over the whole course of the next two years, really. Uh, oh yeah. To where it became this huge deal and and how offended they were and and they never forget. It was it was amazing, really. And yeah, yeah. Yep. And it, <laughs> so much so that people are still talking about it twenty years uh, later. Certainly, right. I mean, and the LSU players, 
they they took offense to I talked to Rohan Davy for a story about the quote unquote cigar curse uh, four years ago. He told me that he cut out pictures of Auburn players smoking cigars on their field and put it in his locker room, and they sat in his locker and where he would look at them every single day for two years. Um, he said it pissed him off, and he said it still pisses him off when he thinks about it. Uh, any little thing to motivate you, even if it's seen as innocent or whatever, you know, to celebrate a victory against a big opponent. I mean, you're going to use it to your advantage, whatever it takes, I guess, to, to get going. And it's amazing. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's obviously uh, a story of, of what, as you said, Jason, what this rivalry was like, uh, there in the late nineties and going into the, the mid two thousands about just how, how, uh, you know, not dangerous, but just how venomous it was. I mean, the uh, um, one of the band members, maybe it was a tuba player, I can't remember, in, in that story I wrote that, that was getting into it with Damon Duvall, says to this day he hates Auburn and he would rather his daughter go to a whorehouse than to Auburn. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, the the, the this is – whole series has been dominated in these 20 years by the home team. LSU beat two, two really bad Auburn teams in Auburn in last year. And, uh, they, cause they won in 2008 and they won in 2012, which was two teams with losing records Yeah, and, and almost lost both of those games. And, uh, yeah, both decided by it, two. It, yeah. But it, it's just, it's just hard for the, the home team. It's hard for the business team in this game. I mean, Auburn, 2014, and, and Jordan Hare was just no game at all. I mean, LSU started a freshman quarterback for the first time, and it was yep. uh, uh, a blowout from the start. I, you know, I don't. It's just hard. Of course, it's hard to win anywhere in the SEC on the road against good teams. It just is. If you're playing a good team on the road, it's not hard to beat Arkansas on the road. But if you're if you're no. playing an upper if you're playing an upper echelon team on the road, it's hard to win. Yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're at Arkansas, um, I mean, you're San Jose State, you're Western Kentucky, you're just like, yay, we're gonna get a big paycheck and a win. Okay, guys, so let's end the podcast with this. I don't know if you guys have score predictions or want to share them, but how do you see this game developing? What has Auburn got to do to pull out the victory for the first time in 20 years in Baton Rouge? Well, I'll give a I'll give a sneak preview. I picked LSU twenty eight and twenty four in our in our fearless forecasters. I for all the reasons we just were saying. I mean, it's just it's just so hard to win on the road. I think I think holding LSU to twenty eight points is would be a pretty good pretty good day's work for Auburn's defense, based on what's happened. Uh, they might not think that, but uh, uh, I kind I kind of went back and forth. I believe Auburn has a really good chance, but it was just hard for me to LSU. Considering what they've done so far this season, first round draft choice quarterback, freshman quarterback, it was just it was just hard for me to uh, it was hard for me not to pick LSU to win. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't completely decided yet. I, I'm definitely leaning towards LSU right now. And like you said, I think playing at home and we've just been there too many times to see it. Now this Auburn team, I think this Auburn defense is if you start talking about who can can make a run at this LSU team. I think this Auburn team defensively 
is the the one team other than LSU in, in a potential Georgia matchup. I don't think anybody else in this league, Alabama's defense doesn't isn't a good matchup for LSU, in my opinion, right now. No, I agree. Um, I think this Auburn defense is the best matchup. Pressure up the middle, to me, one of the things that, that almost, I don't want to say it hinges, but I'm going to really help Auburn is if if 91 would, would, would show up and go. Um, we've been waiting on Nick Coe all year long. Marla Davidson said, hey, he's coming. If that guy shows up, with with the other ones and shows what and does what he's capable of. Yeah, that would help. You're right. Then, then who knows what could happen from this game? But you know, you look in, in Auburn's offense. It just there's just too much in my, my mind of this team going on the road against good teams and having whether it be bad second quarters, but really bad second halves and not adjusting and not finding a way. Too much of that on my mind to think it's that it's going to be really different on Saturday. I think there's a possibility for it to be. But it's almost like, okay, got to go out and show me right now. And, and uh, right now I'd probably lean toward LSU. Yeah, I'm with you, Jason. This is a game of, like, show me. Show me that you're not going to do what you do in the past, that you're not going to have your second quarter lull or even a third quarter lull, though the third quarters have been pretty good for Auburn this season. It's been that second quarter, and I just don't think they can afford a lull of any sort in any quarter and stay in this game because LSU just – here's the thing. This is interesting to me, and maybe I'm blowing it up too much, but Auburn's at its worst offensively in the second quarter. LSU is at its best offensively in the second quarter. If that proves to be true and and LSU scores the 15-plus points that they usually do in the second quarter and Auburn scores their three or not even score at all, that that might be enough. Um, And and you can't have that. Here's the thing to me. More, just as important as scoring points in the second quarter is just keep, is just making first downs. Uh, I mean, what they had thirteen yards in the second quarter at Arkansas. Thirteen there, fourteen against Texas A and M. I mean, it's, if it's you been give, bad. if you give if you give Texas A and M, I mean, excuse me, LSU that much that many times at bad in the second quarter, you, there's a good chance you're going to be in trouble. And uh, and to I, and I, you know, I, I think I mentioned it the other day. I mean. And I, maybe it's maybe it's a uh, product of, of these kinds of offenses. I'd have to look and see. I don't know, but I mean, in 2009, Gus's first year here, they had a 14 nothing lead on Alabama, who won the national championship. Had a 14 nothing lead at Georgia. Uh, had the lead against Kentucky, who they lost to, and uh, and they and I added up. I added up every quarter in his 10 seasons, and. They they for whatever it means I don't have any idea what it means but but they have they have uh, they have had thirty eight out of seventy six games when they had at least one quarter where they didn't score and hmm. how that would compare to anybody else I don't know or that's and incredible plus, and plus you got you know there were fourth quarters in there when the game was over and they were sure. playing subs and those yeah. things. but but half, half the SEC that's SEC games half the SEC games. They had one quarter where they didn't score. I would, I, I would just love to be on a headset and listen to what's happening, what's that, what's going on. Uh, yeah, after after script, right? Because that's, that's they've been really good at doing those things. I think you gotta. That's where the adjustment period comes for me. Once you get through those those things that you planned, then you know we hear Gus Malzahn talk about answers. You got to have answers to what they're doing. How quickly can they find those answers on Saturday? Uh, that's the thing, and 
you know, and if you look at his history, they usually find them. Uh, but sometimes it takes too long. And, uh, uh, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. I, I, I think, I think Auburn's going to play really well. And I think the seniors on this team are going to make sure they play really well. And, uh, but I, it's just, like I said, on the road, uh, in that kind of environment against a great team, it's just hard for me to see. It's hard for me not to pick LSU. I, I would not be shocked if Auburn won the game, but if it, it was hard, hard for me not to pick LSU then try to try to maintain, I may have already lost my lead in the, in the picking contest because last week was a pretty bad week. So I don't know. But Yeah. It's been a bad couple of weeks for all of us <laughs> in, the, in that pick them. I, I need to look through to see what we did last week, but la- yeah, last week I, yeah. I know I did bad, but um, we'll, we'll see. Um, all right, guys, that is a great round table this week discussing Auburn LSU. Huge, 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 huge game uh, for Auburn, obviously for LSU as well, but more so for Auburn. We're already coming off a loss at Florida. They have got to win this game to stay in the SEC West race. Obviously, a victory would suddenly put Auburn back into the playoff uh, conversation, especially with two home games remaining against playoff contenders in Georgia. Well, one could argue about Georgia now uh, and, and Alabama right now. So th- this is uh, this is kind of the fulcrum of the season. We'll see which way it goes. Auburn could still have a great season if they lose to LSU, but, man, they could have a really special one if they go down there and upset uh, the Bayou Bengals. So we'll find out. So for Jason Caldwell and Philip Marshall, I'm Brandon Marcello. Make sure to go to auburn.247sports.com. For complete coverage, we'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Undercover.